Let's get some insights on the news shaping the markets. And for that, I'm so glad he's here with us today in person. And that is Kevin Borden, Senior Investment Research Manager at Charles Schwab. You're here every Monday. But as people start to open their 401ks, their quarterly statements, I mean, it is freak out mode. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you tell them? To keep in mind, it's just it's just a day. It's just a week. It's just a couple of days. Um, so not right. to do anything from a panic perspective. Right. But I think to understand why we're seeing the sell off, uh, maybe the knee jerk reaction was to Friday's inflation report. Hotter yeah. than expected. Basically, everything we weren't looking for from an economic data perspective. But when you maybe zoom out longer term and look at what's driving the fundamental weakness. I think that we're still in this next leg now. We're transitioning into this next leg, into now pricing in some of the profits weakness, some of the you know recessionary-like profit uh, growth that we're going to see, or lack thereof growth, I should say. Um, the first leg I think of this you know down move in the market from January up until March and April was a lot valuation driven, uh, less more on the actual corporate weakness. But now we're seeing some of the estimates start to come down. You're seeing revisions start to come down, and I think that that's moving us into this next leg of the cycle. All while the Fed is certainly going to keep their foot on the accelerator from a rates perspective, because given the inflation report we just had and that you know some of the stickier parts of inflation like services um, and right. rents in particular are you know moving higher uh, even though goods is moving lower yeah and you know gasoline now five dollars um, a gallon yeah. so it, it the inflation picture continues and and we'll continue to watch that the question is the timing you know the selling is, is somewhat dramatic mm -hmm. at this point We're, you know is there capitulation is this the end if you saw Thursday Friday Monday you know, at what point are we oversold? Yeah, well, I don't think we've reached oversold territory mm -hmm. yet, but I think we're kind of starting to consolidate a little bit. When you look at the, you know, the breadth uh, into the move higher in May, that we had a little bit of that counter trend rally, um, it wasn't really strong. So you weren't seeing a massive move upwards in the opposite direction that we were seeing uh, with the weakness heading into May. Um, so we'll just have to keep an eye on what breadth looks like in, in these days. But yeah, I mean, Friday for sure was, you know, to some degree a washout across many segments of the market. Um, you yeah. only had you know, very, very few areas to hide out. But even now in the bond market, you're starting to see weakness again with the yields popping up. And as you said, the yield curve reinverting, at least from a two-year, 10-year basis. Yeah. Um, so sparking more recessionary fears. But from our perspective, when you look at it and zoom out a little bit, um, you know, nothing really too surprising. From a fundamental aspect, we've seen the slowdown in the economy in certain segments and cyclical segments. And not surprisingly, interest rate sensitive part, you know, parts of the economy, like housing and autos. Um, and now so, we have a uh, Fed week, right? right? And with that, you mentioned the inflation print on Friday when we see the CPI. Um, are we still thinking 50 basis points? Do you think there's a chance that maybe they'll allude to 75 on the next meeting? I mean, what do yeah. you think we might say? I think it's hard to get to 75, at least in the near term. Uh, and the, the, the good news, you know, it's hard to say good news about a market that's selling off like this, but given we haven't seen credit spreads completely blow out, and they've been creeping higher in a relative sense this year um, in, in the face of, you know, yields moving up and stocks moving down, that's the tightening in financial conditions that the Fed wants to see. They, they welcome this kind of weakness, which yeah. kind of sounds a little counterintuitive, but that's what they want. They want the market to start doing you know, its work for it. And that's why I think that 75 is probably a little too tough. Um, there, if anything, I think there could be a little bit more of an allusion to um, whether it's more 50 basis points hikes or maybe a 75 in the future. I'm not sure. I can't you know, tell anybody uh, you know, any, any better than anybody else can. But if Powell comes out with some more hawkish language, obviously something to keep an eye on. Last week, um, so when we talk about bear market territory, oh, down over 20%. So we're seeing that now. 
for the S&P 500, but we're also seeing it for sectors, technology, financials, mm -hmm. real estate, consumer discretionary, um, as well as communication services. So those are all 20% off the highs. But what's interesting is yet last week there was a lot of talk that the financials have not yet priced in a recession. What part of the market is the market has the potential to go even lower because the recession talk may heat up? Yeah, well this is the tough part with dissecting sector moves is because yeah. you know, you've got energy on the one hand which has been just off the charts um, on a year-to-date basis over the past year, really strong. Not surprising from a fundamental perspective given what's been going on mm -hmm. with oil prices and cash flows have just strengthened in general for energy companies, so I don't think that's too surprising. But yeah, some of the cyclical areas like financials, I think we're waiting, um, still waiting for, for them to decline even more and that's why we think in an aggregate sense the market probably Probably hasn't priced in a full-blown recession, but on days like Friday and days like today, some of these trends that are starting to reverse, we're getting closer to that scenario. But when you when you start to peel back the onion and go a couple yeah. layers in industries, that's when you're starting to see recessions priced in, whether it's housing or bank-related or even auto-related. And truly, there must be some buying opportunities here. I mean, there's no way to have a crystal ball to know exactly right. what to buy, yeah. but surely there must be something that is. Yeah completely going to go higher or it's undervalued at this point from where it likely will trade in a year or two or three. Well, high quality value has been a place to buy, you know, throughout this drawdown. So if right. you're thinking about, and actually particularly for anybody who's a little bit more active trader, stock picking oriented, mm -hmm. um, if you're, if you're, have a shorter term mindset, what's been working over the past few days has been uh, earnings revisions, stocks that have stronger earnings revisions, because now we're starting to see revisions in an aggregate sense move lower. And when you have that, it just puts a premium on whatever is scarce at the moment, and what's scarce at the moment is earnings revisions. So right. as long as you can find anything, and, and it doesn't need to be sector specific, I think that's the really important part about looking at factors. Um, if you're screening for positive earnings revisions in the future, that's been a pretty strong place to hide, not even over the past uh, couple of weeks. It's been a strong place to hide over the past year. Mm -hmm. What are we missing? Are we missing a talk about the, con the consumer, um, international markets, supply chain. What else should we touch on, Kevin? Well, there's a lot there, but I think consumer-wise, yeah. um, you know, the, the strength of the consumer narrative, I think that we have to start to fade even more because fade. we have to look at it, you know, consumer strength on a flow basis, and month there, by And we're month. seeing some withdrawals from savings now. Exactly. So that's coming down on a monthly savings rate basis. And, you know, I think it kind of dispels the notion yeah. that these big cash stockpiles were going to save us from, or we're going to definitely weren't going to, you know, send us into a boom, but weren't going to stave off the, the, the slowdown that we've seen in right. growth. But you're seeing that on the lower end, but now we're seeing weakness on the higher end consumer because of the weakness in asset markets, the housing market starting to tip over a little bit, um, and then all of the equity weakness that we've been covering. It's just you know now pervasive. The weakness is spreading throughout you know all segments of, of the consumption market, and mm -hmm. I just don't think that that's going to give us a lift anymore for the rest of you know definitely for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah. it's hard to forecast beyond that. I'm not I'm not a forecaster yeah, by nature, no, but understood, you know. understood. And yeah. when we look at Asia and Europe, not to see not to be surprised. I mean, yeah. they are also trading to the downside. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to see any uh, demand coming out of Europe for sure just because of how much more tied they are to the energy sector and what's going yeah. on with Russia Ukraine, sure. food supply thrown in there, um, you know, definitely more downside risk for Europe, I would say, but the globe in general, I think there there's definitely downside risk. And even though, you know, we get this sort of semblance of some strength coming out of China with the reopening, 
Um, I, I think we're in a different scenario now with China reopening than we were even a year ago uh, because it's not, it, you know, the supply demand aspects are just very different. We don't have strong demand anymore to bring goods over from China. So even as China's supply comes right. back online, and they're, you know, going through some lockdowns right now recently, but even if that were to come back online, I'm just not sure how much that would actually, you know, stop some of the bleeding that we're seeing, whether it's on a trade basis or just an overall GDP economic growth basis. Understood. Yeah. You know, it's great to see you. I, I always Thanks. love that you're able to come in and chat with us. And um, our own Liz Ann Saunders, who you work very closely with, has done a lot of tweeting this morning, mm -hmm. as she always does. But uh, I think today it was crucial, a, a crucial conversation as we kick off a very yeah. important week. Kevin, thank you always Thanks, for being here with us. Kevin Gordon of Charles Schwab.